Welcome to the Poptimist. Today is the final episode of the decade. <laughs> yeah. Of the decade. And we have Zach Lehman, writer extraordinaire. He just released his new book, Nye, this year. Yep. And Josh Norfleet of No Name Blues fame. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's happening, dude? What's Look at these microphones, dude. This is almost like a professional show. Oh, yeah, gosh. I was, fucking, I was it's, shocked when I came in. It's weird, right? Yeah. Being professional. Yeah. <laughs> Mics, we got water. Milhouse. Look at Milhouse. Yeah, he's got headphones, dude. He's young Jamie now. God. Young Jamie, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Milhouse, say hello. Hello. I don't, I don't think you can really hear me. You probably can a little bit. You can, we can probably hear you. Yeah. It's turned up enough, I think. Yeah. I just want to look at you anyway. <laughs> Milhouse is, is running the boards today. Since this is a professional show now. He's going to look up shit? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You got the capability to Google shit, too? All right, yes. yeah. Dude, soon you're going to have, like, interns. You know I what know. I mean? Like, like, oh, we're about to film. Fetch us coffee. You know what yeah. I mean? We got, well, we got bottled water. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Coffee's next. Room right. temperature water. Because it's good yeah, for your room voice. temperature water. Yeah, he even threw that out. So he was trying to impress, like, an intern. Yeah. Room temperature It was water. impressive. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great yeah. job. <laughs> it's the end of the fucking year. Can you believe it? I... Dude, I feel like it went by so quickly. You know what I mean? It flew by. A lot happened this year. It's going to be 2020 in like just a couple weeks. I can't wrap my head. Okay, first things first about 2020 before we we look back on 2019. Everybody's posting about having 2020 vision Uh, on social media, and I don't like it, dude. Wow, I am proud to say I have not seen one 2020 vision. Yeah, I don't like that shit, dude. I've, I've been seeing it often, yeah. And I, uh, I made a funny tweet because I, three years ago, I had my vision corrected. I was, like, very nearsighted. Is that where you can't see far away? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I, dude, I was blind as shit. And I had my vision corrected, so I was like, I've been seeing 2020 for years now, so I don't know where you guys are. <laughs> it's the end of the decade. A lot has happened this past decade. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. If you think about just as a whole, 10 years, like. How did this decade start off for you guys? What were you doing? Going back to 2009? 2010. Oh, yeah, because they're 2020, so I'm going back to 2010. I mean, I'm in high school. Yeah. Yeah, I was in high school. I was a sophomore in high school. Actually, no, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Oh, shit, dude. I I was a baby. If I could go back and talk to freshman-year-old me right now, I I would have a lot to say to him. What would you say? What would be the first thing? I would uh Donald Trump is president. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just let you know. Yeah. If you ever watched The Apprentice. This that, is not a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He's gonna be the president. Um I would probably I'd probably hug him, slap him in the face, and say don't wear Hollister cologne. <laughs> that's pretty good advice, yeah. dude. That was all very that's yeah. very specific. Advice. Yeah. Yeah. I would, t- I would tell him he'd be okay. You know what I mean? I was a worrywart when I was a freshman in high school. You know what I mean? I was worried that no one would like me. And yeah, that's everyone. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? I uh, was afraid that I wasn't going to amount to anything. Or I wasn't going to do anything cool with my life. Mm-hmm. So I would tell him, like, dude, you're going to move to Nashville. You're going to meet a lot of cool people. You're going to do a lot of fun things. You're going to be okay. You know what I mean? When I was a junior, I don't know if I – this is going to be fucked up. I think I've told you this. I was in journalism all four years of high school. And I was a big fan of The Apprentice, like Celebrity Apprentice. 
This was well, this was back when like Donald Trump being president was not. A it was not in the picture. No, no, no. It was just like a joke. Like, That's the like, other timeline. He'd be like, "Yeah, Donald Trump, like big businessman, like he should be president." And I wrote a long opinion piece about how Donald Trump should run for president. No way. Yeah, I wish I could find the article now. My mom probably has it somewhere. She saved all that. Oh, shit. dude, you need to repost that shit. So I'd go back and I'd be like, "Yo, save that fucking article." I'd be like, "Double down, bro." <laughs> Go full pro Trump because you're gonna look so good in a few years. Wow. Also in high school, fact or fiction, you won prom king. Yeah, I was. I was prom king. Really? Yeah. Fucking a rank. Dude, there's. And just like Trump becoming president, a lot of people were not happy. I'm not happy that you were prom king. I was not a popular prom king. <laughs> I was a protest vote. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was a, it's, it was a long going joke with my sister and I, we were always nominated, but we never won. Mm. And then like my senior year, I was nominated and my mom was like, I'm not going to go. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Cause you're like, the parents would come and like take pictures and shit. Yeah. Cause it's like, oh, you're on court. You know what yeah. I mean? And my mom was like, I'm not going to go. And I'm like, why? And she said, I was like, you and your sister never win. Mm. You know what I mean? She talks shit. You never won? Not once. I was nominated every year, and so was my sister, and we never won. So my mom was just like, I'm not going to go. You guys don't win. <laughs> thanks, Mom. Yeah, thanks, Mom. Were you voted anything when they vote you at the end yeah, of high school? Yeah, I got voted uh, best personality and most outgoing. Oh, yeah, that's a yeah. pretty good one, I guess. Yeah. Did you get anything? I didn't get shit, dude. <laughs> I, was, I was very unpopular. I got uh, most likely to save the world. Remember that? Uh, really? really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Some men just want to watch the world burn. That was me. Yeah. Speaking of, the Joker came out this year. Yeah. Did you see Joker? I didn't see Joker. Oh. Yeah, I've yet to you see it, man. You're sleeping on it, I'm, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard rave reviews and of how it really uh, highlights, you know, kind of depression and it's it's a very yeah. dark movie. I've heard. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, I loved it. I think the the most. I mean, besides the fact that it's a great movie, just the fact that. It came out from a major studio with like a marketing push, like a big see, marketing push. You don't see that for like really nuanced, complex movies. That mm-hmm. are, you know, everything's Marvelized now. Mm-hmm. So it's a big release. It's like Star Wars and Marvel or Fast and Furious or whatever. So that's the thing that impressed me. Yeah, Joker. they put it back in theaters actually. Really, it's in IMAX. It's, for it's back movie. in theaters uh, and it, it's released on DVD January fifth. Uh, January fifth. Oscar yeah. Which mm-hmm. it deserves. Joaquin Phoenix. Didn't he get nominated for like Golden Globes or some shit? I think he did. Did you know he plays Johnny Cash? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's a great movie. Johnny Cash. I didn't know that until the other day. Yeah. Really? I was in the Johnny Cash uh, museum and I was like, yeah. oh, there's the oh, Joker. Wow, that's, yeah. yeah. That's the first place you see that. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah. yeah well, he they got a whole section in that museum for him, the Johnny Cash museum. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, that's how good you were in that movie. Yeah, he was great in that oh, movie. He, he killed it. That, and that, if you've never been in that museum, People it's listening, cool. yeah, it's really awesome. Because cool. um, it highlight it used all of like um, all the old gear they used for like mm-hmm. all of the old recordings. Um, it, at the very end, they play like the Hurt cover that Johnny did. Yep. And it's just like, oh my god, this guy is like Johnny Cash is one of those artists that it's he's like an American icon rather than just like a regular musician. He is like a uh, in my mind at least, Johnny Cash is like a John Lennon or a Paul McCartney. You know what I mean? Oh, oh definitely, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, how do you play Johnny? Uh, you play Johnny Cash and the Joker. That's that's pretty that's good. Talented. Yeah, that's, that's talented. two ends of the fucking spectrum. Absolutely. Right yeah. My yeah, first introduction to Joaquin Phoenix, though. Signs. Signs. Yeah, mine would have been 
Oh, yeah, that's right. You was in that. He was great, man. And he's great in Signs, too. Oh, yeah. I guess that's not within the decade, but... Oh, man, Signs fucked me up as a kid. Uh, really? Just, I didn't see Signs. Oh, dude, now. that scene where he's oh. sitting... He's in where he's in the closet, <laughs> and he's sitting there, he's watching this newscast, and it shows the alien for the first oh. uh, first time. I, I shit my pants. <laughs> Mel Gibson, bro. Yeah. Mel Gibson was great in that. But hey, Mel Gibson, last decade's had a bit of a comeback. He has. So there you go. That's a big. Uh, yeah. That's a big last decade story. Mel Gibson's back, baby. Yeah, he did uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Me and Taylor yes. watched that recently, yeah. and that was a great movie. Great. He's like, "Have you seen this movie?" And I hadn't seen it, and I was blown away by it, dude. I mean, it was the one of the best war movies I've ever seen. It was Were there, did they play like criminals and shit? Yeah, they were basically they were two cops and they get in trouble because they get their film kind of being a little rough with the yeah. suspect. And both of them are kind of down on their luck and need money, so they take this fucking job. They're gonna rob these guys who are robbing a bank. And it's it, but it's show it's like a slow burn movie. It's like two and a half hours and it's fucking phenomenal. And Mel Gibson's great in it. He's this old grizzled like kind of racist cop. It's yeah, very much like who he is. Yeah, you can tell is really. My favorite uh, Mel Gibson movie is The Patriot. Speaking of the Joker, too, because, um, what's his name? Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah, well, he's, shit, Heath Ledger was in yeah, that. Yeah, Heath Ledger was in that. Yeah. There's that scene where he, like, um, gets the uh, the hatchet and just launches it in the dude's face. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a pretty, Mel Gibson takes out, like, an entire army by himself. It's yeah. so badass. That movie couldn't be made today. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Too, too pro-America, dude. Yeah. How, how many movies do you see about the Revolutionary War? Right. Not that was, yeah, that's what my favorite thing about it, because yeah. you never see anything yeah. about the Revolutionary War. And I've always, in history class, that was like my favorite war to like discuss. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. America's great, America, dude. dude. My least favorite thing about 2019 is how many people hate America now that are in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. This this place is the land of fucking oh, opportunity. The thing that, that bugs me is not that people hate America. Like, whatever. The thing that bugs me is that people have this entitlement today that's, like, growing where they think life in America is so fucking hard. Right. And they forget, like, yeah, America has its problems, but even if we're not that great of a country, in terms of the world, we're, like, the skinniest kid at fat camp. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very true. It's like there's just no beating us. Yeah. So they sit down and they go like, oh, America's racist. America's this. It's like, have you been to any other country right. on earth like where there's real sexism, there's real racism? Yeah, dude. I, I don't fucking get like the whole thing. Like in the Middle East, they're throwing gay people off of buildings. Yeah. Women aren't allowed to they're drive. Like, they're not allowed to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very true. Great. That blows my mind. Stuff like that. But that speaks to like an, an entitlement. That's true privilege. We've gotten soft. Yeah. Oh, we've gotten. We've gotten soft, and we're, we're not. A, oh yeah, they're gone, they're gone yeah. dude. <laughs> Everybody's safe now. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And America is far from perfect. You know, it's oh, yeah. it's definitely got got its flaws, and there's a lot of issues here still. But I really do believe that the uh, the Constitution and everything that it stands for, it's the power of the individual. And oh, yeah. well, that's, that's what makes America great, man. 
It does. You, you, Absolutely. You can, like what my high school principal said, make it a great day or not the choice. Dude, I honestly fucking love that. Yeah. Those are words to live yeah. by, dude. Every day he would do the announcements and he would end with that. And it's oh, always, really? like, yeah, he would, he'd say, make it a great day or not the choice is yours. Yeah. Shout out Rick Davis. <laughs> we didn't have a Rick Davis. We had the Dragon Master. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was the vice principal. I can't remember his name. I, can't, I got in a lot of trouble with him. <laughs> like all the time. Always for stupid shit, too. Skipping school. Skipping school, I remember I got... I don't know why we're talking about high school. This is embarrassing. <laughs> I remember I got in a lot of trouble because... I used to, you ever see Superbad? Remember Jonah, oh, yeah. Jonah Hill used to draw the dick? <laughs> yes. He'd draw, like, towns with dicks and stuff. Yeah. I got into, like... I would draw these, like, really deep... Dicks. <laughs> but then I would make them really gross. Like I would add like a cut or right? yeah. like, band aids and stuff. Yeah. Really like, That's gruesome. I'd be kicked out of school today. And I was in this one class with this kid. I, I don't remember why I didn't like this. You'd be thrown in jail today. I drew, I drew this detailed dick. Like it's the nastiest <laughs> dick I've ever seen. And I made a paper airplane and I threw it at him. <laughs> and when he looked at it, he flipped. And then I was in the principal's office. Dragon Master, right in front of the Dragon Master, trying to explain why I'm drawing right, you're drawing dicks. nasty dicks, and he's got it laying in front of him. So like, right. it's him, Dragon Master, me, and then between us is just this gory fucking dick, <laughs> like just this thing of like Clive Barker dick. Did, I mean, it's disgusting. Did he make you quit eating foods that were shaped like dicks? Like, <laughs> no, no, I can't remember what happened. I, I think I got kicked out of the class or something. Whose class were you in? What was it? Who was the teacher? I, it was. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he kind of knew I fucked around. That's hilarious. Yeah. Drunk, <laughs> um, Baby Yoda. What is your take on Baby Yoda, Zach? Well, hold on. I want to hear what you guys think about Baby Yoda first. Are you tired of Baby Yoda? I, kind of, yeah. yeah. It's just like, memes get overused so much already, right. and... I don't really know the essence of like the root because I haven't seen Baby Yoda's on the Mandalorian. Yeah, the because yeah. we I remember Taylor and I started it when I was over here like what was it maybe like a, a month ago at this point. Yeah, now. we got through like ten minutes of yeah, it. Yeah, and I didn't really know the backstory of mm-hmm. Baby Yoda at that point, but it's just now it's just Baby Yoda's like that meme of that girl crying and the cat at the dinner table. Oh, that, yeah, that's that's yeah, that got overused. I I am pro Baby. Yeah. Whoa. Un- unexpected. Very controversial, I know. I'm pro Baby Yoda for many reasons. First off, I've been watching The Mandalorian. I'm not even a big fan of like the new Star Wars. I hate those fucking movies. I hate what they've done to them. But The Mandalorian's pretty badass. Yeah. This whole thing about Baby Yoda. One of the reasons I love Baby Yoda. So Werner Herzog was on the show. He had two episodes he was on. Bill Burr did too. I know. I haven't seen the new one. Bill Burr's in the new one. I'm excited. But they had Werner Herzog, crazy German fucking director, like a psychopath, but in the best way possible. And they were doing a scene, and Baby Yoda was in it, and he was like, he saw the puppet, you know, Mm -hmm. this little puppet, and he was like, this looks amazing, like, this is what you're going to use, right? And they're like, no, we're going to put in CGI, like, we're going to Disney it up. And he called Jon Favreau pussy. He was like, like, you are a pussy. Don't use that puppet. So that's one of the things I love is, like, everything's so Disney-eyes, you know what I mean? Disney's just, like, making all just bullshit. Yeah. And then it just takes Werner, Werner Herzog coming in and being like, that is how you do it. 
That's yes. fucking filmmaking. And then look what happens. Right. And this yeah. Yoda brings us all together. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. A great unifier. Disney's trying to take over the world, man. They're a little scary. So. Yeah. Uh, Disney's straight up evil. Me and Josh have talked about this yeah. before. Disney is. Yeah, I don't even want to say anything bad about Disney because I feel like they're going to own the government pretty soon. Right, dude. They, they, D- Disney's Mouse Hillary Clinton, bro. Yeah. They, they uh, well, they bug me because like that's why I think. Baby Yoda catches on because they're not used to working with a filmmaker like Werner Herzog. You know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, no bullshit. He's like, he's a storyteller. And they're very like filmmaking by committee, which is what they've turned Star Wars into. It's what they've turned Marvel into, Pixar. Now they bought Fox. So mm-hmm. we just lost Die Hard, Alien, Predator, like. Deadpool. De- yeah, Deadpool's done. Yeah. So, I, yeah, they're very, they're just corporate minded. They're not, you know, so. But that's why I was excited this year to see Joker come out. Yeah. You know? From one of the last fucking studios not owned by Disney. Right. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's they true. Every, I mean, they own everything. They own ESPN, ABC, Hulu. Now they have their own streaming service. Right. They bought Fox. Like, they own fucking everything. It's crazy. I think it's scary when one corporation has that much power. Yeah, because it's not even capitalist at that point. It's a very, like, corporatist structure. It's right? one one step away from socialism. Yeah, yeah. So Disney's a little... became. It's like people love it. They can't put out a bad fucking movie. They put out these movies and they make billions of fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I and I've always been, like, growing up, I've always been a big Disney fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, everybody yeah, you know, know what I mean? Know. You go to Disney World and you're like, holy fuck, this is nuts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the whole, every time I see like a new Avengers movie out or another spinoff from an Avengers character, I'm just like, Did I'm going to see that shit. I have not Can you put seen it back up? a Marvel movie since, I think Black Panther was the last one I saw. Really? Yeah. Was Black Panther good? It was good, but I was like, I watched it and I just had this attitude of like, yeah. Like, who gives a shit? You right. I mean? That's the way I feel like, about it. It's so inconsequential. It's not real storytelling. There's no real consequences. Mm-hmm. It's just like a, it's a two-hour trailer. Yeah, exactly. Know? Exactly. So, uh, I'm not into the whole, like, Disney's fucking everything up, man. And I'm scared to see what they'll do with Fox. Yeah. Because I love Die Hard. I love all those properties. Prometheus? Like, all the alien movies? The alien, I mean, what, like, what can they do? Because they refuse to make rated R movies. Yeah. They refuse to give directors any real power. I don't know, man. Disney's, uh, keep an eye on Disney in 2020. Mm-hmm. They're getting scary. There's one man rebelling, though. That's Sturgill Simpson. That's right. He's rebelling against the, the system. Yeah. Sturgill Simpson does rebel against the system. Just released his new album this year. Sound and Fury, man. Sound and Fury. What'd you think of it, Josh? Oh, dude. I've, uh, I first got into Sturgill when I actually first saw him. Uh, he's doing Tiny Desk. That was the first time I heard of Sturgill. And I like have a, a bluegrass country music background growing up. So I was just like, oh, dude, NPR's, you know, they're playing this shit. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh my God, this is sick. And um, I've started diving into his albums. And the first one I really listened to heavily was Metamodern Sounds and Country Music. And I just thought, it's cool how he mixes old school country sounds with psychedelic rock. Mm-hmm. But when this new album came out and I like kind of listened to a couple of interviews that Sturgill gave, he said it's a sleazy rock and roll album. And so I was like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? And first listen, the very first song is an instrumental and it sounds like a black Sabbath song to me. You know what I mean? 
And a lot of people kind of gave him some hate because they're like, this, like, you know, I feel like the country music fans, they, if it's, you don't have a twang in your voice and ain't talking about drinking and cheating on your wife, they're like, ah, oh, fuck this, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's just like the beauty of art that Sturgill said, no, this is another thing that I'm into. Fuck it, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And that's probably my favorite thing about it is that he just literally just said, fuck it, I'm going to make something way over on the other side, and it's great. He's such a killer guitar player. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this album was him like playing lead guitar yeah, he's playing and being a rock guitar. and roller that he is. And it's really cool, too, because if you notice in all the interviews he does, he brings his band. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he did on uh, Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. He um, What's the guy's name? Um Zane Rowe or Zane Lowe, the guy, the Apple Beats guy. Yeah, yeah. He brought uh, his band on that interview too. Really? Yeah. I haven't listened to that one. Yeah, he. Uh, it's cool that he's kind of giving them credit because they were a much part of the album. You know oh I mean? yeah, I, you can really hear the the album is like a live band, and you made that prediction whenever he was on his last tour. I yeah. think it was maybe last summer or something because yeah. we, we would watch videos of it all the time. Because he, he like knocked out a big portion of his band. Yeah, he used to have like another lead guitar player, horns. Louder, yeah, horns. Um, he knocked him out before Sound of Fury. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He knocked him out on the and, before the tour before. Mm-hmm. Like so, after he won a Grammy, he pretty much he fired like half of his band yeah. and just had it be four players. Damn. And then you would go like because they did Bonnaroo like that and the whole tour like that, and he was just like shredding on each song and I'm like, I bet this is what they're going to do next. It's yeah. going to be a fucking rock and roll album. Because yeah. man, Sturgill can really jam. He, he's That's a great, a great guitar player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that album. Mercury and Retrograde is my favorite track. I think that, that might be my favorite. Mm-hmm. That might be my favorite too because it's the most poppy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the most poppy but it's still just as like dark and nuanced as every other track on that Yeah. Album. That's him talking shit too, dude. Yeah, it's talking dude. about shit about Nashville. Mm-hmm. talking shit about everything. Yeah, shit about some fans yeah dude, straight up. That's a great album. Yeah. I really like the subject matter of it, and I was surprised that I liked it so much because I think, like, the whole, like, everything that we see now in movies and film, it's like the world is ending. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. And I think you were, like, with your book, you had to, you had to do, like, a, a new kind of take on it. Right. And that's why I like the album because Sturgill, it was like... I, I really like that second song, Remember to Breathe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. Sit back, that let it happen, remember my, to that breathe. That might actually be my favorite track. Because mm-hmm. it's all about a man just like going through the world or anybody going through the world and everything kind of burning in his own fire. And he's just like, there's there's nothing I can really do about this. Yeah. All I, I can uh, do is ride through the, the apocalypse. Yeah. I hate that I, I heard that album when I was already done with my book. Nice. When I was listening to it, I was like, yeah. yeah. I could just tell he was doing, like you said, like the apocalypse thing, like everything's apocalyptic today and it, nobody really deals with it in like a unique way and he did in a very like personal way. For sure. And I, I love that. Yeah. He did it through the eyes of what the, the music business is. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a metaphor, I think, for that. Mm-hmm. And plus everything that's going on. Yeah. Just like culturally. Yeah, Within the, the way the world. he handles the music business, though, man, he totally just gave the middle finger up to how the corporate music industry works. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll sign a label if I have my own creative freedom. I get to do, I keep my masters and I get to do what the fuck I want. Yeah. 
but he's like has this um he can go to shows and just you know sell out four nights at the ryman and now going on a full arena tour two nights at bridgestone, two nights bro. At bridgestone that's a big tyler deal Childers. yeah it's gonna be a killer fucking show yeah oh, he's playing with tyler Childers. yeah he's yeah. the opening act mm-hmm. yeah he's really good tyler he, had an album this past year. country squire right mm-hmm. yeah. country squire man which is which is a great album as well it's just really cool to uh there's this new wave of country music, thanks to the internet, really, that, you know, people get to hear. Real country music. Right. Yeah. Right. And working in country radio, it's kind of like, there's some stuff that we play that it's good songwriting, and there's some that I can like, okay, I can, I can appreciate this. I appreciate what this guy's about, and I appreciate, you know, what they're putting out, but there's also some where it's just like, man, like... Manufactured garbage. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I was really inspired just just by that whole album. That whole exactly. Just it's really it's really nice to eat a handful of mushrooms. You know what I mean? Sit back, have some headphones. Let it happen. And just sit back, let it happen, and remember to breathe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple um a couple of good music things that came out this year. I really uh I really love that Taylor Swift song Lover. Oh great song. And I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. And I've talked a ton of shit about her. And it's like, she's on the opposite spectrum of Sturgill. Sturgill, have you ever seen those memes where it has like chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil, and it has every like different people listed. Like it'll have Joe Rogan in the middle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he'll be like neutral. And then it'll have Alex Jones as like chaotic evil. And then it'll have Joey Diaz as chaotic good. Yeah. But on the spectrum of that, it's like Sturgill's chaotic good and uh, Taylor Swift is lawful evil. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see that comparison. I, uh, I've always appreciated Taylor Swift. I've Since being in the country music industry, I've watched her grown. And now she's obviously this mega huge pop star. But my beef with her right now is how she's going about with this whole label ordeal. I don't think she's handling it well at all. And I think she her moves are, are very piss poor in my opinion she's a queen of pr though and, very much so. and she knows that truth is perception for sure because it's uh, uh scott bruschetta sold the her rights to scooter braun mm-hmm. is that right yeah and scooter uh is the manager for like kanye west which taylor and kanye obviously right. had beef i think that whole thing is fucking manufactured just to sell albums dude i don't what, taylor, and kanye? Ta- taylor and kanye yeah and it's it's like the same thing with yeah. with taylor and Katy perry yeah, that seems very because I feel like bold prediction right now. Before the end of the next decade, Katy Perry and Taylor Swift are going to go on a mega tour. Oh no, shit! That's not even a bold prediction. <laughs> it's going to happen, dude. Obviously. But I, I just like I'm always for songwriters, obviously, and I'm always for songwriters owning their craft and being able to do what they want to do. But what Taylor's doing is her tweeting out saying, you know, I got fucked over. Yeah, you did get fucked over. Your dad signed a record deal when you were 17 years old and sold your songs to somebody. You know what I mean? It's just the way the business works, A. But she's also, like, when she tweeted that out, Big Machine Records had to leave their building on lockdown because they were getting death threats because of fans. And she knows that that's what would happen. Yeah. She's manipulating young teenage girls that don't know shit about the music business. And it's it's just unfair, you know what I mean? Right, because they just see like, oh, Taylor got screwed. Yeah, you know what I mean, and that's the perception she's putting out. Right. Yeah. But I mean, in reality, she her 
dad <laughs> sold her songs out. You know what I mean? Well, it, it, not only that, like basically the way that she became successful was her album went to number one after her dad bought into the label and mm-hmm. bought a bunch of albums basically to make it go gold or platinum or whatever it went. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean he's, yeah. a, he's like a fucking banker dude or some I mean, shit like that or a Wall Street street trader or something. So she was like able to buy her herself in. And right. like, that's the way big business works in the music business. Yeah. But you can't even, like, do you see that in a negative light? Because I can't even hate on that. That's just someone manipulating just right. the way it is. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, that label helped her get where she was. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, a stepping stone to the powerhouse that she became. For sure. And it surprises me that. Taylor Swift is so big. I'm surprised she signed with the label as big as Sony. Like at this point with the internet, I was like, why don't you just make a Taylor Swift record label? You know what I mean? Yeah. And do hire your own marketing team, hire your own people. I don't know if she's like has that visionary sense to do something like yeah. that though. You know, certain certain artists, no matter how big they are, always have to be beholden to somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what industry it is. Yeah, I don't know either. It's it's interesting to see how things are going to play out. She's not going away anytime soon, though. No, she'll and, be around. Yeah, she'll be around for a very long time. And, and she's very talented. Lover was a good album. Yeah, I I mean I I really love that that song. I listened to some of the other songs on there, and they weren't bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I was surprised by how much I liked them. I know that guy. Um, I can't remember what his name is. Maybe maybe you can pull it up. Um, the guy who produced it uh, is the dude from Bleachers. Really? Yeah. So it was wow. like an indie pop guy, and that that song "Lover" is like an indie pop song. For you know, sure it, is. it was like Taylor Swift was trying to find all of the East Nashvilles in the world and make a song for for those people. Absolutely. And the thing that makes me feel kind of dirty about it, and one of the reasons I don't like her, it feels like it's not an artistic move. It feels like okay, I'm going to corner this part of the market next. Like like she's not following an artistic impulse. But she's just one of those. It's just like I said, like artists who reach a certain point some of them aren't motivated by any artistic sense it's like you look at someone like will smith or tom cruise it's like i see them the same way they're like mm-hmm. a politician sort of navigating the water yeah that's how Taylor Swift is. yeah that's she's a good way of putting spiritual. it she's never gonna put out an album like sound and fury right no it's just not gonna happen she doesn't have the same motivation that album had six producers there was that one main guy though uh, who jack antonoff yeah jack antonoff that's it yeah Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, she she went with someone who had is seen as like legitimate in the indie world. Yeah, which which was smart, you know. I mean, it was it was a smart move, and this song's fucking great. Who's in the band Fun? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he and then he has his own his own project as well. But yeah, it was it was an interesting year for music. There was a lot of stuff that came out that I really liked. I really loved the Vampire Weekend album, Father of the Bride. And it was their first album in five years or something like that. You showed me that album. It really introduced me to that band. It's like a uh, kind of a Grateful Dead esque like. New, Definitely, it's like a new wave of Grateful Dead kind of. You know what I mean? Well, they had a, a keyboard player that was in the band for a long time, and he was like a classical influenced. Mm-hmm. And classical musicians never really they don't jam. Like it's right. very very rare. Right, classical Where's musician. my sheet music? Exactly. Yes. And um, once he left, they started jamming out to all their old songs. They would do like 10-minute versions of their old songs from their first album. Oh, cool. And yeah, and it was just very different for them. And I was – I always love it when someone takes a left turn. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you could tell that he got really into, like, Ezra, the lead singer, got into playing guitar. They have one of the songs on the album, probably my favorite song on there, is Sunflower. And it's this super shreddy kind of noodly song where it's like, oh, you have to practice your scales for that shit because you can't play that the first time you go through it because it's not just, like, chords. But it was it was pretty good, too. I was really impressed by it. Um, and I was glad to see that they kind of released something and went a really different direction. Sounds very sunny and bright. Some of the subject matter is kind of heavy because it's all about the way that the world is. Like they have uh, one song called Harmony Hall. That was the single for it. They played that a ton on Lightning 100, so you might have heard that one. Yes, that is the one I've heard. But I think I was trying to figure out for the longest time what that song was about. And uh, one of the lyrics in it is uh, it talks about wicked, wicked snakes inside a place you thought was dignified. And I always thought that was really interesting. I'm like, I think this is about like his take on what he viewed as this the, the college campus life where you're like living and you're supposed to be yeah. discovering yourself and all this shit but now they kind of become places of indoctrination for sure yeah so i thought that was kind of interesting at least that's how i took it yeah popeye's chicken sandwich <laughs> the glorious popeye's chicken sandwich i uh I've tried getting a Popeye's chicken sandwich when it was first released like eight times. I tried too, dude. Yeah, they That's to the great. really to they literally like made a sign on the door, written in pencil. <laughs> we are at a Popeye's chicken sandwiches. That's very Popeye's. Yeah, yeah very yeah, Just very scribbled. Yeah, yeah, scribbled. We are out. You know fuck I mean? you, don't come yeah, back. Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude. I like walked in and uh, there's this. The whole like waiting room was full, and the guy just announced, "We're out of chicken sandwiches," and it just cleared out. Yeah. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Then everybody went to Chick Fil A. Yeah, everybody went to Chick Fil A. But I will say, oh, last week I drove by it and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go by there and try again." And I walked right in, and the old man at Popeye's Chicken Sandwich at Gallatin Pike, he uh, he sold me one. And I tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich oh, for the shit. first time. I tried it. You're one of the selection. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say this. It is better than Chick-fil-A. I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't it's know about that. Oh. The spicy one? It was better than Chick-fil-A. No, what, what, was it, what was the deal with it? I am dismissing this. <laughs> I respect nothing you're saying anymore. <laughs> I, I thought it was better than the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. Um, I will say this, though. The... the uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Well, I thought it was better, yeah. but the uh, um, Gal the Gallatin Pe- Pike Popeyes though they got to get their shit together. It's just like you walk in and it's just like they look at everyone like they're a bum on the street. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, I didn't get greeted nicely. I you know what I mean? I didn't say oh have a blessed day. You know what I mean? The Chick Fil A's got that up on them. Welcome the Popeyes. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like I walked in and I because I've gotten it twice since then. And oh, yeah. It, oh, dude, you're you're on a fucking rampage yeah, with the Popeyes. It's that that formula that they've been working on. They've been putting that Popeyes crack in it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but the chick was on her phone and she was just like, I was sat there for like maybe forty five seconds till she recognized me. She's like, Oh, I didn't see you there. I'm like, Yeah, because you're on your phone. But I uh, I do enjoy the sandwich. I will still go back to Chick Fil A though. What what is like the consistency of the of the chicken? Is it juicy? Is it tender? I feel like it's the mayonnaise sauce that they use. I don't fuck with mayonnaise ever. Really? Dude. No. Oh, I love mayonnaise. And I will say this, though. 
there is a, a vast difference between mayonnaise and Miracle Whip. I will always oh, have that argument. Yeah. yeah. The fuck is saying there is? There's a lot of people that I talk to. They're like, it's the same thing. I'm like, it's definitely not. No, you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. The Miracle Whip and mayonnaise are definitely different. Miracle Whip is the cup, man. Yeah, so I will take Miracle Whip <laughs> over mayonnaise. If there, if there was an option at the table of Miracle Whip and mayonnaise, I'm Miracle Whip oh, every time. And I'm going to judge everyone. Yes, yes, yes. Another... Before we move on from the Popeye's chicken sandwich, this is a 2019 point. Look at, we were talking about Joker earlier. Look at all those media reports. They hyped up Joker like people were going to get hurt. People were going to get killed. I may, I was going to make a point of this. Go ahead. And in reality, that fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich is responsible for more goddamn violence yes. than fucking Joker. I was going to make that point that it was good, but I would not kill anyone for it. You wouldn't hit anybody? Yeah, I wouldn't hit anyone over the head for it and stab somebody. It was good, but I will say this, though. The media definitely hyped it up too much. It was good, but wasn't that good. Yeah, Dude, I uh, I picked somebody up from Op- Opry Mills one day, driving um, for Lyft, and uh, she got in my car. There was cops there, and I was like, what happened? She's like, I don't know what just happened, but the cops have been called here a lot recently. Saturday night. Yeah. At the Popeyes at the Opry Mills Mall, a fight <laughs> broke out. No way. Well, yeah, dude. Of course. And it's just like, fuck, over a chicken sandwich, yeah. dude? Yeah. It's not worth it. It's the deep state, dude. They yeah, put the, they put the chicken sandwich there to, to, to get us to, to fight each other <laughs> over the chicken resources. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought it was good, but I, I was going to make a point of that. I was like, dude, motherfuckers got murdered over yeah. this chicken sandwich. Yeah. Like, it's not that good. Yeah. They are real. real. There's lives that were lost, dude. I'll go to Chick Fil A. You know, even if the sandwich isn't as good, I know I'm gonna be safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? You are gonna be safe. They're gonna be nice to me. They're gonna tell them to go change the oil in my car. Yeah, and they'll do it. My pleasure. Yeah. (laughs) They'll bless your food before you eat it. Yeah. And you can be a total dick to them. They're still nice. Yeah, they're still nice. (laughs) You can be like a Popeyes like customer. Yeah, exactly. My fucking chicken sandwich. It sounds like you uh, you have some experience going in and being no, di- dicks no, to Chick Fil A employees. But I always stand there and I'm like, God, what if I was just so rude? Yeah, that still be nice, right? <laughs> That's Give hilarious. me my number one deluxe now, bitch. <laughs> so what else happened this year? What else did happen? The fucking jewel came to to power. Oh, yeah. Julie, Julie came to power. We I, haven't died yet from it. We haven't died yet, and I feel like. Um, the media ruin these things. Uh, obviously, these aren't healthy for you. Obviously not. Putting anything in your lungs isn't healthy. But the whole uh, epidemic with um, the THC vapes and this tied into each other. And this got the loose end of the synthetic THC vapes. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously people buying you know, off-market vapes weed vapes that aren't play from places that are legal you know what i mean because right. now it's weird too that's another thing there's so many like legal states now where you can just smoke pot all day yeah. and it, there's been people it's been really like you know fucking people up but i feel like all these companies now that have been profiting from it they're like well fuck this kind of fucked us you know what i mean mm-hmm. well they're acting like it's like this national emergency i mean like trump is addressing you know what I mean? Yeah. Aren't there bigger fucking issues? And even if we're talking about health issues, I think before we start talking about vaping, like maybe we should talk about, I don't know, heroin. Heroin like, or the opiate oh, epidemic. Yeah. But yeah. Like, how the fuck are there like meetings at the White House over fucking 
state. Right. You know what I mean? Or eating too many Popeye's chicken sandwich obesity. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they should be having White House meetings about the goddamn chicken sandwich. Yeah. It's making people violent. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. That's killed more people than vaping. Too. Yes. Did you notice after you tried the, the sandwich that you started having homicidal tendencies? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking like, uh, I think I might go home and murder all my roommates. You know? <laughs> Speaking of murder, another thing that me and Zach really love this year, Mindhunter, Mindhunter season two. Season. Oh my god, I love that fucking show. Mindhunter, have you watched Mindhunter at all? Mindhunter is, I mean, right now, I won't say it's like the greatest show of all time, but right now it's definitely the best show being made right now. I would agree with that. I mean, David Fincher is killing it on that show. Um, it's all, have you heard about it? I have heard about it. Yeah, it's about like the beginning of basically FBI profiling. So it's the beginning of like the term serial killer. And every episode they're kind of interviewed, like they interview Charles Manson this season. They interview the son of Sam killer. It's, and it's a really dark show, but it's never gruesome. It's all about the words. Very about rarely do they show. I, they almost never. Yeah. The darkest thing was the. The opening? Yeah, the, the opening and closing. They've been teasing the BTK killer. Oh, wow. He's up to some strange stuff. Yeah, well, the spoiler alert, the the opening of the first season, (laughs) they play this song uh, by Roxy Music called In Every Home a Heartache. Yeah. I think that's the name of the song. Yeah, I think that is it. But it's super dark, and it starts off with the BTK killer's wife just, like, coming home, and that song's playing on the radio, and it's a really slow... So Hold on, I'm building up to it. It's a really slow scene. Like, the music's playing in the background. It's very ominous sounding. And she's just walking through the house. And she hears this noise. So she starts walking down the hallway. And it's the bathroom door. And the door's, like, moving back and forth. And she opens it. And he is dressed like a woman. And he was he was uh, jerking off. And he had a belt around his neck. Yeah. And that's what the sound was. Because he was... He, he put himself on the door. And he was wearing this really scary mask too. Oh yeah, it's like a, like a, almost a doll's face. Yeah. Yeah. And then, la- l- l- spoil the last scene. So the the, the last scene that is last moment. Well, let me fill fill in the blanks real quick. So the BTK killer has not in- interacted with um with any of the main characters on the show. Like they've talked about it and they've looked into it, but there's never been a moment where they've like faced off or that they've met. Yeah, they or, don't know who he is. Yeah. They don't know who he is. They don't know anything about him. So every scene that features him is just like him living in his own world. Um, and the, the his wife gets mad when she catches him and gets him all these books on like sexual deviancy and all this shit, makes him sleep on the couch. And the, the ending of the show, since it's like a different plot than the, the rest of the series, it's of him doing it again, except he's in a hotel with all of his uh, mementos from when he killed people. So he does the same thing in this greasy fucking motel room and he has all of like dolls and like hair and all this shit laid out and he uh, he strangles himself again and, and he's he, jerking off again. To show how brilliant David Fincher is, the moment it ends, because this show only comes out like every two years, so you have to fucking wait. Yeah. And the moment it ends, you see him doing all this shit so you know what's going to happen. You see him set the rope up, he puts it around his neck and then he leans forward and as the rope tightens, you hear it tighten, cut to black. Yeah. Fuck you, see you in two years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, that fucked me up. 
That's yeah. a great show. And to show how fucked up I am, I watch that show. They travel around the country interviewing serial killers. I'm like, this is a dream job. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing to do that. The mind of serial killers just, has always intrigued me. It's just a puzzle. Like, it's, it's amazing. I, I love that show. Yeah, it's it's amazing, dude. But it's it's like that whole thing, like the theme of that season was uh, Circle of Evil. Totally. Like, yeah, I mean, if we want to keep spoiling it, like Charles Manson at one point, they go to see him and they have his book, or they have a book about him or something. Mm-hmm. And he takes it really quick and he writes in it. And this one character is about to go to bed and he sees, uh, what did he, Charles Manson wrote something like, while you sleep, I destroy the world or something. So it was this constant theme of like, no matter how much they do, it's like evil never stops. Constant circle that you can't stop, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting. It's a dark fucking show, though. So I understand some people not wanting to tap into it, but I love it. It yeah. fucks me up for a couple of days after. Like oh, I, yeah. I have to watch Trailer Park Boys <laughs> to, to get off your mind. Yeah, to, to bleach it, to bleach yeah. my system, because it's like that shit's real, dude. Yeah. There's people like that walking around this well, world right now. Real, like that last season, they were doing a case about uh, a child. In Atlanta. It fucks you up, man. Yeah. I used to have to do that when I would watch scary movies when I was younger. Yeah. I'd go to my grandma's and we'd watch a scary movie. And after we were done, I was like, can we watch something funny? To yeah, like, that's you're... how I am, man. Yeah. Like, my... Yeah. I gotta, like, remind myself there's things to laugh right, at. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's something good that happened this year? Oh, wow. Um... Jeffrey Epstein died? <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, bro. A good thing, right? Yeah, sure, yeah, I mean, I mean we, could, yeah. we could go deep on Jeffrey Epstein, dude. You know I'm, I'm not saying go deep. I'm just saying that's a good thing, right? That guy was a monster. Jeffrey Epstein didn't he, kill himself. Jeffrey <laughs> Epstein definitely didn't kill himself, dude. I mean, dead. he is dead. Not that that stops the shit that was going on, but thank God that guy's not around anymore. Well, the whole fucked up thing with Prince Andrew, like, immediately, like, after that, people started talking about Prince Andrew and his ties to him. And uh, Prince Andrew, he had to step down, dude. He had to step down from all royal duties. And the queen was basically like, no, fuck you. You can't do shit now. That's an evil man. If you watch that interview with him where he addresses the whole Epstein thing, that's an evil, evil guy. And that girl, uh, I can't remember what her name is. She's 34 now, but she was tweeting out, um, I'm not going to kill myself. I'm in good mental health. If anything happens to me, just like, don't forget about this. Because it's like the, the way that all this shit, every time something happens, someone dies. Mm-hmm. They get fucking murdered, dude. You, did you guys see the the temple at all that Epstein yes. had on his island? Yeah. They filled that whole place down there with concrete. And there's a bunch of occult imagery. Like there's this giant sundial that's on there. Yeah. It's fucking scary, dude. Well, that's, it's a deep black hole that like, it's just, it's, it's like a rabbit hole that doesn't end. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's why he died, obviously. I mean, anyone who thinks he actually killed himself or somebody just took him out for no reason. I mean, it was obviously because he was a window into a world that we don't even want to be getting Right, about, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Through the looking glass. Yeah. And Jeffrey Epstein was a looking glass. Snake, like, you know? Exactly. Because there were all those reports that he was, his lawyer said, you know, a few days before, he was ready to make a deal. Right. And he was kind of in good... He was ready to talk. Yeah, because I think... I think he probably had enough. They were just going to let him go. Yeah. So he was in a good mood, his lawyer said, and then all of a sudden, like, the fucking cameras don't work. Right. All of a sudden, the guy, it's just like, fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Exactly. It's just like, who 
commit suicide on suicide watch. You know what I mean? First of all, and then all these, but it's really cool. Cause I mean, it's not cool, obviously, but everyone, when it came out that he killed himself, everyone was like, yeah. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Majority yeah. Of people can see. Like, yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said you saw something online, like it was like a GIF of Alex Jones on oh, it, right? Yeah. yeah. It was like it was uh, this hallway, and it was just Alex Jones, but it was hundreds of Alex Jones like, <laughs> talking like angry. It was like media. Jeffrey Epstein killed himself, and it was just like people, and it was just all Alex Jones. Like everyone <laughs> suddenly became a conspiracy theorist when he died. I don't think we've heard the last of that situation. I think oh, absolutely more not. is going to keep coming out. I think I I will counter that. I think. Yeah, I think that. Well, and it ties to mind hunters. I mean, it's it's this never ending circle, and they know how to control the narrative. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The darkness, the level of depravity that was probably behind Epstein is like shit. People don't even want to think about. Yeah. So I think the average person, Google Frazzle Drip. <laughs> the average person just living their daily life when they see he's dead and they see the media move on, I think they move on. Yeah. Because it's just something you don't even want to start. As long as the Clintons are alive, we won't hear any more about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, I don't know, man. I really think that that shit's changing now because the fact that it's still a topic, though, it, people are not letting it die. But I think I don't think it's as big of a topic as we think. I think if you look on social media, it's still a topic. But I think in general, people are pretty much they're not pushing it anymore. Because what can possibly happen at this point if you don't have Epstein or you don't have someone to talk? It's just back to the way things are. Yeah. I mean, not to be negative, but that's that's how I see it. It's just like... I wish uh, I could be more positive. Yeah. It's just, I mean, with the man involving with all, he's gone. So what What really right, do so we know? Like, what progress can be made besides us just going Epstein News? Right. Going, it's the know? same thing with Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. That came out this year, too. Yeah. The, the Leaving Neverland documentary. And... I didn't even dare watch it. Yeah. I, I decided to sit down and watch it when yeah. it was still up. And I tweeted about it, and this, like, Michael Jackson fan account retweeted it, and I got bombarded with hate. Really? Bombarded with hate from all around the world, dude, of people, like, tweeting me, call me a motherfucker. Like, who think, do they think he's innocent? Yeah. Like, he never fucked a kid? Yeah. He definitely fucked kids. I, I am more sure that Michael Jackson fucked a kid than I am that O.J. Simpson killed his wife. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson fucked a kid. Yeah. Stop. You know what I mean? Well, what did they say in the documentary? Well, it was really, it was an interview with, um, uh, what's his name? He was like one of the um, dancers for a long time for Michael. And it was really an interview with um, with two people that um, would oftentimes stay at Neverland. And it got to the point where like after shows, they would, um, well, not after shows really, just more of inviting these kids into Michael's life and then they would go to Neverland and then Michael started inviting their families to Neverland and it was just a whole in my mind a manipulation process of power you know what I mean because it's just like Michael Jackson especially at the time he's the biggest star in the world you know what I mean and who wouldn't want to go hang out with Michael Jackson at his house but the fact that all of this has surfaced from then when it first happened to even till now it's like some, something had to have happened. You know what I mean? Right. It was crazy that documentary came out this year because when we were kids, yeah, when all those that... accusations were out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I remember when he was alive and those accusations yeah. were out there. Well, it's, it's just like the, the thing that I always say when people try and defend him, and 
he is the greatest, like one of the greatest performers of all time. Oh, you can, you can't take you, I still listen. I still you can't take you can't take it away from him. Yeah, I love his music. But it's like okay, when people start defending him and being like, "Oh, he was just a kid. He was abused a lot and all this shit." I'm like, okay, what if this guy lived in your neighborhood and was doing this? How would you respond to that then? Because it's Michael Jackson. All of a sudden. Because if your neighbor had a place called Neverland Ranch and yeah. you just had strange kids come over, not not even that, just like a, a dude living in a house in a neighborhood, right. just like a normal house, and was like, "I want your kids to stay over and sleep in my and bed he with would me." Be like nine one one, and what he he had fucking locks on his door and would give kids wine and call it Jesus juice and all this oh shit. Oh my god, dude, see this is yeah. like, all this kids stuff. Oh. I think all this shit in in some way, it's like. Hollywood and that whole machine seems to be just fucking pedophiles. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you look at, like, people like Alex Jones are always called crazy because they're like, you know, the pedophile rings in Hollywood. And then all of a sudden... Harvey Weinstein comes out. comes down, Harvey Weinstein. I mean, huge fucking names. People you kind of knew. Yeah. Dirty scumbags, but... Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that shit's still going on, but now they have to work a lot harder to mm-hmm. fucking hide it, you know? Speaking of uh, Harvey Weinstein... You, you were telling me about Kevin Smith, how we got a, a call from him. Oh, yeah, that was a story this year. Kevin Smith said, uh, which that's how I kind of knew when the Weinstein accusations came out. I was like, I wasn't surprised because I had read this book by Kevin Smith, and he talked about Weinstein. never said he did anything abusive, but he just described him as just a, like an evil asshole. He hadn't talked to him in like 10 years. And he said last year, right before those accusations came out, like a week before, he, Weinstein called him out of the blue. and was like, hey... Should uh, like make a dogma sequel. Do you have any ideas? And Kevin Smith was like, "Holy shit! Uh, yeah, sure, of course." And he he was like, "The phone call was weird." And then when the accusations came out, he realized that Weinstein knew the accusations were coming out. Yeah. And he was circling the wagons. He was trying mm. to see like who who ratted me out. Yeah. And Kevin was just on the list of guys. That's fucking dark. That's man. very dark. That's really dark. We did see the Jay and Silent Bob reboot a couple weeks ago. Yeah, another big 2019 movie. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And a, a pretty good movie to end the decade with because it was kind of a culmination of his career. It was all these mini sequels to all the movies he's made. Oh, cool. So it was awesome, yeah. Kevin Smith is a genius. My favorite uh, my favorite Kevin Smith story is his Prince story. It's oh, so, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. <laughs> what is the Prince story? Well, he uh, Prince, like... They called him, like, because Prince doesn't call people, it's his people. Like, his people would call him, you know what I mean? And they're like, Prince wants you to uh, do a documentary. And he was like, well, I don't really do documentaries, but it's like, it's fucking Prince, you know what I mean? And um, they, like, went to go film it, and they were like, Prince wants a camel. And they're like, it's winter, we're in Minneapolis, we can't get a camel. You know what I mean? Like, but Prince wants a camel. For the documentary? Yeah, it was just like this way over the top process that it was just like way above, like Kevin was just like, I don't know how to fucking handle all this, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, I think like too he said that they like ran out of film. Yeah, he said he fucked up because it was something to do with his uh, the album he was putting out at the time. He was like, mm-hmm. interviewing people. Yeah. And at one point he ran out of film, but he was, you know, he's kind of so he was like too scared to say anything. Right. So he just said, keep going. Like, And of course none of that footage ever came Yeah. Out. Prince just has some balls. Right, yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, was Prince die last year? um, A couple years ago now. now? Wow. See, the years went by so quickly. It's just like so much has happened. I like Prince, but I'll say this. Overrated. Really? I don't think he's as good as everyone says he is. Yeah, I would almost agree. He does have some amazing... 
Yeah, I mean, Little Red Corvette, 1999. He's He's got some good songs. He's got some good songs. But I don't think he's as incredible as everyone no, no. says he yeah. is. I think he was good at creating like an aura. You know? mm-hmm. Definitely. For sure. The cult of personality. Amazing guitar player. He is a good guitar player. Absolutely. Amazing. I love that video of, um, I think it's Tom Petty, Jeff Lynn, and Prince, and they're all playing Damn. While My Guitar Gently yeah. Weeps. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's probably good. Prince stills oh, the show, dude. Prince stills the show. He just wailed. Yeah, he's uh, he's good and he's he's got some good stuff, but I just um I don't know. There's just something something about it where it's just like not for me. Maybe it's just not for me. Yeah, Matt yeah. could be. I mean, I first heard of Prince. I didn't know him from who Prince was for the longest time until he played the Super Bowl, and it was the year the Indianapolis Colts were in the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, so that's was, right. I'm from Indy, so I was watching obviously, and I was just like, oh shit, and that's what I got out of Prince yeah. too. It's more of like the uh, the star aura mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah, just a good entertainer. Yeah. Any final thoughts for this year? Man. What do you think of 2019? If you could sum it up into one thought, what would it be? 2019 into one thought. Comedy is subjective. Comedy is subjective. Comedy is subjective. That's from the Joker. Mm-hmm. That sums up the whole goddamn decade. Yeah, it really does. And actually, and I'll throw another Joker line that sums up the decade and my feelings about the decade. Yeah. Mine is, I've said this a lot on the episode already, but sit back, let it happen, and remember to breathe. Yeah. Nice. Hell yeah. 2020, a new decade, a new era. I guess so. A new one. The Great Awakening. Everyone will have their New Year's resolutions of losing weight and quitting smoking, and then they won't do it in February, and uh, I'm excited for next year, though. It's going to be good. Lots in store. What do you got? What do you guys got planned for 2020? Um, new music will be coming. We uh, recorded an album at uh, the Dark Horse Institute in Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be releasing that. Also, going to be uh, hopefully releasing some new stuff um, that we recorded with a guy named Doug Showalter here in town. Um, just new music, really, is is the game plan. We have a, a show planned January the fifteenth at Third and Lindsley, mm-hmm. which is um, that's a big deal, dude. So yeah, it's a big venue in town because it's congratulations. I mean, really, in twenty nineteen, as far as the band, it was more of a we've just grown a lot. You know what I mean? We've mm-hmm. um, you turned a into a Nashville band. Yeah, we've turned into a Nashville band to where instead of uh, in our hometown, we have people showing up. Now we have people showing up to our shows here. And we played uh, last Thursday at the end, and it almost sold out. You know what I mean? Sweet Fever was a part of it, and the Blue Trees, those two awesome bands. I, I believe Blue Trees is an Alabama band, though. Mm-hmm. But regardless, they're they're all great groups groups of dudes, and I uh, I had a lot of fun. We played Exit In. That's that's a big. That's you know, another big achievement, dude. Yeah, Exit In, I think, is the sleeper venue in town because. Just because there's so many great places here, like the Ryman, obviously, is like right. the number one venue, and it is incredible. But I think Exit In has so much history to it. So. Absolutely. Yeah, you, when you walk in into the backstage and you just see the wall, the amount of people that's played there, everyone from, The Ramones, Billy Joel, yeah, Chuck Red Berry. Hot Chili Peppers, Johnny Cash. Waylon um, Jennings. Cheech and Chong. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Leahy and uh, Randy were there. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, I saw them there. Incredible. R.I.P. R.I.P. But it, uh, I'm excited for 2020. We'll uh, be a lot of new stuff. 2020 plans for you, Zach? 
well, my book's still available, so don't be an asshole. Go <laughs> uh, I'm finishing up a new book that'll probably come out next year, and then uh, if you want to read my curmudgeon opinions, I start at a new website, RT, next week. Russia Today? Uh, yeah, it's Russia Today. Hey, you're, you know, you're working for the Russians? I'm working for the U.S. arm, colluding with the Russians, maybe. Fantastic. Um, where can people find you at? Um, you can find me on Instagram at the underscore north underscore pool, as well as on Twitter, same uh, hashtag or username rather. Um, Facebook, Josh Norfleet, posting new music all the time and all sorts of funny stuff. Any solo plans in 2020? Oh, yes. That, that's another yes. thing, too. Uh, I'm going to have some my own solo music. I've been, uh, I've been writing songs since I was like maybe 16. And I mean, of course, when you, as a songwriter, when you first write songs, they'll suck. You know what I mean? But um, I'm finally uh, writing some stuff now where I'm really finding what I want my music to sound like personally. A good mix of like some bluegrass traditions to also of the rock music that I've been playing here lately. So it'll be fun. Where can people find you at, Zach? What's your social media? I'm on Twitter and Instagram, at writingleman. Fantastic. And of course... Mine is the underscore Poptimist for Instagram and then Duh Poptimist for Twitter. Duh Poptimist. Was so, Duh Poptimist taken on Twitter? Yeah, it was. Because that's what happened to No Name Blues. Like, I tried to just do No Name Blues music and, like, some asshole foreign account that has, like, two followers had it. So it's, like, No Name Blues Twit, which is stupid. <laughs> that is stupid. Yeah. We'll be coming back to you in 2020. With, uh, with more episodes of the podcast, I'm going to be doing an album next year, doing that whole thing. So I'm excited for the year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, thank you for coming on today. Millhouse, thank you for running the sound and being the producer. Uh, where can people find you at? What is your, What are your handles? Uh, at the Taylor Dawson on the Instagram and Taylor Miller on Facebook and Burgundy Boy Blue on Twitter. Burgundy Boy Blue. Cool. You never know on Twitter. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, keep your ear to the ground. The Poptimist will be back in 2020.